Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special new podcast. Uh, this is airing on the Live the Fuel podcast show, but uh, this is... We're going to call this the men of mindset. That's what I dubbed it in the past two weeks because you got six gentlemen hanging out in my barn after eating a whole lot of steak and different types of beverages. And we've been sharing so much deep thought. I said, we got we to gotta get on that. We got to get the hot mics going. So we got to get this down. We got to capture some recordings, some thoughts, some, I don't know, maybe even epiphanies from tonight. I'm very intrigued to see what people have already gotten out of tonight. So we're saving this recording to the end of the evening to really bring it all together. And you're going to hang out with us. So for the regular Live the Fuel listeners, welcome to a very special new episode after over 400 shows online. We've never done anything like this. And for the new listeners, I hope you get a lot out of what we're about to talk about. So ladies and gentlemen, we have multiple guest co-hosts today. We have... Actually, you know what? I'm going to pass mics. There we go. I don't have to introduce everybody. I'm going to let each guy jump in quick, and then I'm going to pass it around. So I'm going to go to the left first. Hello, Rob Eschbach, owner of F13 Performance, uh, physical fitness and mindset coach. Hi, everyone. Andre Young, professional speaker, author, leadership trainer, and founder of You Evolving Now. Wesley Morris, professional speaker at West Morris Inspires. Brad Modrich, serial entrepreneur. Just a guy figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Kessler, uh, owner of Realty 365, which is a real estate brokerage here in Allentown, and a fitness junkie. I would agree. All right, there you go. You got six guys hanging out, eating steak and talking a lot. Uh, so for those of us who have significant others, wives, girlfriends, or other, um, my wife did not, well, no, she did make an appearance very briefly with the dog and then stepped right the heck out. She goes, I don't know what you're doing. Have fun. I just said hi to her, by the way. And she goes, you guys are still down there? <laughs> I said, yeah, we're having very deep, educated thoughts. And she goes, in the barn. And I said, yeah, it's in the barn. And I said, you know, I'll record it. She's like, you know, I'll never listen. I said, I know. It's okay. You know, but other people can, might listen, right, Brad? I don't can know. I, but just, and just for the people listening, this just isn't a barn, just so you know. <laughs> like, this isn't a barn. I want to be very clear. If you're a fitness enthusiast and you're just any guy that has any regular scruples, this is like a, a safe haven. It's a garage mahal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not just some barn. Well, to be fair, we are sitting in the gym half. Uh, uh, so for those of you watching the video, uh, we're in Bay 1. When I bought the property and I saw, she goes, listen, there's your man zone. If, if we agree to buy this place, that's yours. And I said, all mine? <laughs> and she goes, yeah. She's like, I get the house and you can go live out there. And I said, you do not know what you just offered me. <laughs> so yes, we are in the barn and Bay 1 has been dedicated as my gym since we moved here. Uh, for those of you who have followed me for a long time, I had a bit of a man zone at the old garage called this old garage, and it was very old and it was very dirty. And you never got to go there, Rob, did you? No sauce, no. So, so Rob, I'm going to pass you real quick. You've known me, 
I don't know. I think you've known me the longest. But then again, Dale here, hes we went to high school together. And then Andre here, you're one of my early podcast hosts. So I don't know if we can establish years or not. But Rob, what's wrong with me? <laughs> How much time do we all have? Yeah, we got a lot of time. It's funny. I have a, at the gym, a lot of people ask me what Scott does. And I don't know, besides cut wood and point at video cameras. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if we know what Scott does, but that's the best part about Scott. And it's it. I've said this about myself before. Um, consider myself a, a facilitator, uh, running events, owning a gym, coaching people. I facilitate people's goals, dreams. I facilitate introductions. I think I do that at the smallest level compared to what Scott does. If you look at the six gentlemen in this room. And I am, I'm honored and mind blown that I'm included in this group because of stories and personalities and successes that I've heard tonight. Um, you are a facilitator. That's your new title. Put it, on, put it on a business card, sell it, own it, market it. I know you will. Uh, I need a very long business card. <laughs> well, you, you just aligned with something Wes said earlier because you were also making the joke about I don't know what I do. Oh, no, you asked me earlier. That's right. We had set aside. She's like, he goes, what? What do you do? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, for all of this. And I was like, there's not all of this. But, you know, it's a lot of work and a lot of projects. And it didn't always look like this. And it won't look like this next year. Uh, go the boxes that are laying on the floor. There's about two grand laying there. Um, that'll be on those walls. So this will be keep changing. But, uh I don't know. I'm a weird, right, Wes? I mean, did you learn a lot, a little bit more about how weird yeah, I am? Yeah, I walked in. This isn't about me. I'm just establishing so, why I did Men of Mindset. <laughs> never met the guy before in my life. I mean, other than Unite and Conquer, just via, you Shout know, what I've Brad. seen on social media. And you, you know that that commercial where, where he's like, this is the most interesting man in the... <laughs> I'm like, that's him! <laughs> he's the most interesting guy! Because, <laughs> on you know, and, and I walk in it and just like a little kid, just so inquisitive, how do you support all of this? And all of this meaning your activities and, 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 and your extracurriculars. And he looks at me dead in the eyes. He goes, I sell shit. <laughs> to be fair, I, I hold on. If my wife ever hears this show, she is a very intelligent horse doctor. And but after all these years of hard work, I have at least caught up to her income wise, which is very fun. And I don't know if that makes her happy or not. Um, but, you know, no, definitely not intelligence. The girl's Ivy League educated. I, I don't even know how I got that. So. I think you add value. Yeah. Thank you. Could you when you leave here just stop by sure. and uh, I'll, yes. I'll pay you later. <laughs> Um, but real quick, you, you just named Jobs something. I have to make sure we honor that. Unite and Conquer. That was literally the final trigger. And this was, uh, how long was that? Three, is it three weeks yet? Almost three weeks. It's almost three weeks. And Brad and I talked from my hotel room before the event just to try and help promote it locally. And I wish I would have caught on sooner and helped promote it more, like things like this. And I was just so pumped because I've been drawn to stuff like this for years. I've traveled all over the country to go to events similar to what he just launched with Whitney and their amazing team there. And Wes, you spoke there. And I was like, that's it. And I texted Rob back and I was like, bro, we got to do some kind of manly, beefy thing 
with mindsets or, or I don't know. I don't know what we're going to call it, where we're going to go. But I was like, our podcast together might change. <laughs> and I want to thank you for the, your event because I tell people this for years once I got a clue and I went deep into my personal and professional growth. And I try and help other people understand the importance. And I think we all understand that. But the big thing from that was like, dude, it's local. And I don't have to go anywhere. I mean, what was a 15-minute commute maybe? I mean, but dude, I was like, so so thank you for that. Because that is another one of those great examples of how one thing can cascade and trigger another thing. And you just helped kick off tonight. So Appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's been, it's, uh, the Lehigh Valley's been, been, been just ripe for it. There's, there's not enough personal development like here locally. Like you said, I've traveled everywhere, California, Florida, Texas. We know social groups and masterminds and, you know, just the panel here. You've spoke at events that went to different places. Like you've been shipped out and there's, he's, he's saying you to Andre, cause Andre. this is audio in the podcast. Work, um, so. I keep forgetting, uh, but there's nothing here. Like there's nothing here. There's nothing here. And, you know, tell my backstory. My mom passed away this year. I know you had mentioned your mother passed away. Sorry my mom passed away this year. And there was a point when, when she died, I started thinking about like, what if someone would have taught her? And up until this point, like I realized I broke a generational curse, right? Like my, my me personally, like what my family has historically done was nothing good. Like not, not, not nobody, nobody in our family did anything of, of substance. Like there was a lot of alcohol. There was a lot of drugs. There was a lot of wife infidelity, married a couple times, multiple husbands, multiple wives. So that's a generational thing. It's an urban thing, right? If someone would have been there for my mother to teach her what, taking care of her physical health was, what taking care of her mental health is, what taking care of her spiritual health, financial health. And that was the whole purpose of it. And it's not getting done right here in our backyard. And as much as we're all, you know, freedom, 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 stand up, do the right thing, work. If we can't, like, if we truly, as great of speakers as we are and entrepreneurs, if we can't do something right here in our backyard, then what the hell are we doing? Because well, these are the people who need us. Like well, not and, I, and I'll tell you too, it's always surprised me when I speak at more local events and not the, the big stages, like you said, traveling all over the country. No matter where you're doing it, no matter if it's New York City or if it's going to be Lehigh, wherever it is, so many people are hungry for it. Mm. I believe that everybody knows the truth deep inside, but either busy has beat them or life has beat them down or they're on autopilot doing things. But when they hear the truth, we all stop for a second. We all pause. And it doesn't matter if it's going to be older, if somebody's middle-aged, and especially the youth. I've been asked to speak at high schools. I never thought I'd be speaking in high schools. Uh, I was Two years ago, I was asked to speak to a bunch of seven, eight, and nine-year-olds. And I said, that's not my scene. <laughs> and I don't dumb my stuff down. It's already common sense and easy to apply, or I don't do it. So I don't dumb it down. And they said, that's fine. I cannot tell you that the line was the longest line I've ever had with seven, eight, and nine-year-olds lined up. They drew pictures of me and my, you know, and, you know, and they said, Mr. Young, I really liked when you said this, and they repeated it. Then I got calls because the organization was getting calls from the parents to say, what did you teach my child? Because when the dad came home and started complaining, the child said, 
Mr. Young said, you do this when you come home and you could do this and you could do this. And the dad or the mom stopped in their tracks and looked and said, and they couldn't refute the truth. The truth trickles. So we have to be able to do stuff in our community so it can trickle and make people just stop and pause. If we can create what I call eyebrow-raising moments, one eyebrow-raising moment every now and then where somebody can raise their brow and have an epiphany, then it's up to them to live the epiphany. But I, you know, I, I love when things are going to be local and give people the opportunity to evolve. I think that the thing that scares us sometimes is we're afraid we're going to be exposed. People who know us from our past look at us from our past. They don't know who the fuck we are today. They have no idea. But they remember us 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And sometimes I think doing things locally, we all think we need to go to Cali, to Utah, to all these places and, and go to our group events and do these different things. I think in part for me, because if I drop bombs here, I'm a little concerned somebody's going to be like, yeah, but you you were this way, but you were that way. I have that in the back of my mind, which I think used to push me to other areas. I, I totally agree. But as that. I've evolved, I've realized my truth is my truth. And I try to get my truth out faster than anybody else can. When yeah. I fuck up, I put it out there. Well, and, and that's a huge part because when, if, when you start to become impactful, whether that's in your family, when you are the one that evolves, it is so important. And I learned this through my first marriage. Okay, I'm divorced and remarried. It's the biggest thing I learned. Please never let your evolution elevate your ego. And a lot of times, people will accept the lesson. Some people will never accept the new you. The, the goal is to be so great when they're not ready in your life, the people who can't believe it, the people who aren't ready, the people who say, well, you used to do this. Be so great. Continue being so great when they're not ready. Get ready. You still exist and you're even better than you were. But we in the process can't let our evolution elevate our ego. And it's easy to start looking down on people that you knew before or, yeah, I'm this now or I've earned this now or I drive this car now. I make this much money now. This is the way I'm thinking now. We got to stay humble ourselves. You know, and uh, that, that was a really important lesson I had to learn because just because you make it don't mean you're going to keep it. And it doesn't mean you're the person you need to be to maintain it. So you got to always make sure that you're good and not not fall into that trap. Yeah, if I can connect you, Andre, and, and thank you, Dale, because obviously you and I go back to high school. So I was just combining both your thoughts just now in my own head because I was just, you know, the quiet farm kid that grew up at that school you know, in Penargel. And I lived the furthest away from the school, too. I was on the farthest end of the town line. I could have went to Easton. I could have went to Nazareth. But nope, I had to go all the way to Penargel. And I didn't, I was just shoveling shit as a kid and selling eggs on the side of the road was my first business. Dollar a dozen people. And I, <laughs> I just wasn't, I tell people now, they're like, dude, you're so type A. And I was like, you do not know me when I was a kid. They're like, nah, everybody's always been type A. And I'm like, no, bro. And when I start leveling up and then realizing, you know, and I think like ch chasing my wasn't originally dream going west to be the firefighter right leaving the corporate world you know put that in the book and i thought that's what i was gonna do and i need to go do some scary fucking shit and rock my world because i'm not happy with what's going on and then maybe that's what i'm supposed to do with the rest of my life and clearly it wasn't i did it for two years and then went another route and then andre as i start 
get myself back into the regular world and then build in my experience and then start selling a lot of shit, Wes, and then uh, consulting and teaching and coaching and training and then leveling things up. And then I'm like, okay, I almost fell into that trap that, that dude, I, I can afford nicer things. But when I left to be a firefighter, I purposely got rid of the Audi, got rid of the townhouse. Literally, I fit my whole life in a 1999 Subaru Outback wagon that I bought for three grand cash. And it was awesome. <laughs> but um, I made sure I remind myself the humble. And that's one of the connect what you just said there because it's so easy to chase that. And you think the materialistic things matter. But what's inside you, right? So like what, what kind of score am I going to get on Wes's uh, you know, evaluation thing? Am I deep? You know, do I have that deep mindset to connect with other people, to connect with my wife? She hates the fact that I put that in the book because I was like, yo, you broke up with me. Like after a year of dating, she dumped my ass. And then I had to dig back deep into myself and take all that energy, personal, professional, like, all right, pause. All right, now let's figure out this whole love thing. Cause I was, I had no love. I was like, dude, it was just go. You guys, we were joking around that earlier. I'm just go, go, go. And I was ignoring the heart. And I was like, I got to figure some shit out. Because if I'm truly going to be successful one day, all this shit needs to be balanced out. Right? And I need to be a better man. Because there's something about that girl. And then obviously, well, we got married. So clearly something must have worked. So <laughs> I got her back. So uh, I've been on a couple of dating shows. They literally are like, hey, you, you got you to tell your story about how you won your, your, your girl back. I'm like, why? Like, because people want to hear about that. I'm like... No, I'm good. I mean, I, I went on a couple of shows, but I'm like, this is just weird. Uh, okay, I don't, I don't really want to talk about this. But that's a huge, <laughs> huge part, though. To <clears throat> it'd be a shame. You know, work-life harmony matter for me. That's something I talk about all the time. It'd be a shame to be great at your job or your whatever you deem successful, and to be miserable everywhere else. And vice versa, to be great within yourself but miserable, you know, at, at your work. Like it really does, you know, it's, it's huge. I had to figure out uh, love and me and relationships as well. And that's when your life changes. Like, because otherwise you start to feel like a fraud. I'm great here. I, I finally made it to the mountaintop here, but my home life sucks or my marriage is on the fritz or my kids are struggling. Like, so it really, uh, being able to lead through both. And it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect all the time. It's not who gets that, you know? Um, but it's, it's super, super important to be able to do that. You see people leave the I tell people this all the time. People will leave the house, put on their best face. Women will put on their makeup, their nice voice for the phone. Guys will put on their smell goods, look great, get in a nice car, go smile and be the greatest person for everybody else on the planet and then come home, look the worst, smell the worst, smile the least and have the least uh, authentic conversations and be miserable. You're what a, the you're, heck? You're, you're a public success and a private failure. Oh, boom. <laughs> boom. So sh- striking a balance of, uh, <sighs> of serving the community, but at the same time realizing when you're the king, the king eats first. The king eats first for a reason because the king protects the kingdom. And if the king isn't full he can't protect the kingdom just like when you're in the plane the mask comes down put yours on first so you can help everyone else you also have to find that balance of being able to have enough audacity to step out there and do these things for yourself and take care of yourself first so then you can down the road take care of all your people from family to friends to who to employees but you can't do that unless you actually build that kingdom up first so some people look at that as selfish 
it's not it's selfless in the long in the long play it's selfless i heard you 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 just mentioned you said a word balance and i heard you say when things are in harmony like i'm sitting here listening to everyone and there's six obviously six men that have completely same views uh, i mean that all have the same views but a completely different perspective right you've you've mentioned harmony you've mentioned balance you've mentioned kings eat first the 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 greatest part about i think true self-awareness you talked about self-awareness is understanding your identity and the perspective and how you see things and what makes you happy but the root of all of it it's not necessarily harmony it's not necessarily balance all great qualities are going to come from discipline discipline to be able to when you are that putting that show on and you're putting that face on the discipline to be able to come in and be dad and be a good husband and be a good uh, father. It's discipline to be able to say no to the things that take your time. Like I, I, I always hear this word balance and harmony, but the reality of it is it's, it's discipline. Like it's discipline. It really comes down to discipline, discipline. Like the more you have discipline in everything that you do, like you had the discipline to put the work into this, right? You had the discipline, and I'm just going to go just something about tonight. You had the discipline to put the preparation into the meat, right? You had the discipline to get all of us together. Like, everything is discipline. Like, discipline is the root of all great qualities in terms of anything that you want. So when you talk about the, the harmony and the balance... When I think of balance, I think of trying to like, and I'm kind of like teetering things, like you want to balance things. But when you go into whatever that one compartment is, fatherhood, then you go into another compartment where now you are a leader and speaker. When you're disciplined in those areas and you put the word preparation into everything, it changes the intent and in how you see things, I promise you. And you're talking to a, a, a guy that I'm a convicted felon. I did four years in the feds. High school dropout was a drug addict on every single level of it. I've done every single drug known to man. Like I had zero discipline. Like I had a mindset where I did whatever the fuck I wanted. I didn't care who I hurt. I didn't care what I did. There was zero discipline. Now in this evolution, and and I think, you know, for for people to understand where real personal growth comes from with your family, with your relationships, with your finances, with your health, with your finance, with everything, it's discipline. It's discipline. I can't argue that discipline is one of the most important factors. I, I, I really cannot because um, one of the things that I would add to it and it helped change my life. Most people will start something, but they don't finish anything. So the discipline teeters and then so does the dream. One of the things, whether you are battling back from addiction or whether you are battling back from uh, uh, divorce or failure or whatever it is, my big thing was your vision. And, but that's a starting point, not an ending point. You hear people talk about vision all the time, your vision, your vision, your vision. And you mentioned discipline, but to be disciplined in what? So vision is what do you want out of your life? What do, you, what do you want for your business, for your gym? What do you want from selling a bunch of shit? What, what's the vision that you have? For mine, I want to be the best in the world in my space of what I do, and I want to be wealthy in time and money with ideas I create and the company that I run. That's my professional vision. My, my, my vision for my marriage 
is I want to be 80 years old shuffling down a supermarket squeezing my wife's backside. If I can walk and squeeze at 80, I did a lot of stuff right. I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay? you. I'm feeling you on that. I'm, so a, you, I'm an ass man. So you so. can have your vision, me too. <laughs> so you can have your vision, but if you're not disciplined in what I call the vision factors, <clears throat> the three to five things that when you do them consistently, the vision has to come true. And that's where I see a lot of people. They, they want something. My 15-year-old son's a quarterback. You want to play D1 and go to the NFL. Great. You and a lot of other people. What's your vision factors? You want a great marriage. Great. What's your vision factors? I've known people and family members that struggle with addiction. Great. What's your vision? Okay, great. What's your vision factors? When you do these things consistently, the vision has to come true. Now, the vision factors can change over time, but you got to be, and I echo it with you, you got to be disciplined with it. It's non-negotiable. I think something that's cool is um, you, you mentioned discipline and visions. Um, with visions, I look at visions, I think, uh, dreams, all right? Um, a dream is a dream until you write it down. Then it becomes a goal. And goals are something that's are achieve, achievable. So we have these visions. We have these dreams. We have these, you know, grandiose thoughts and things. Where, you know, one day I might do this. I think if people took a step back and I saw Andre taking notes on his, uh, on his phone earlier, like write things down. Once you write it down, it becomes one step closer to reality. And once you write it down, put the how to's behind it. I also put the how to nots behind it. What's going to, what's going to chip me up in a way. Like I told you guys earlier, my wife is my best antagonist <laughs> because, and it's, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. People are like, Oh, she's always, yeah, no, it's a good thing because she calls me out on my shit so I can get better. We all need that person in our life, whether it's a best friend, wife, parent, um, yourself. Like you need that person to kind of call you out. So if something does go wrong, you plan for it or get ahead of it. Um, and you talk about uh, discipline and all these things, and we wear all these hats as, as men and as leaders. You know, the business hat, the entrepreneur hat, the speaker hat, the parent, the husband, I think the best way to succeed in all these different hats is when you are doing that one thing, when you are on stage presenting, be present on stage presenting. Feel the room, feel the audience, feel the lights, experience where you're at. When you're at home with your kids, hanging out, don't be on stage. Be at home with your kids hanging out. Sit on the floor. Right. Put the pu- put put sit on the floor. Put the puzzle together. Be disciplined Color. to do it. Exactly. Be present in that moment. You know you got shit to do later. We all do. We're all we are all workaholics. That's why we're successful. When they go to bed, then you can put the other hat back on and be present for that hour or two and finish that project you're worried about. But for those four hours you're with your kids, because only four hours you got it in that day, be there. When you go out to dinner with your wife for two hours, don't talk. Like, no, it's not about the job. Ask her about her day. And Let her tell and, you. And let's put our phones down. The, the, the newest addiction is our phone. And it's literally, I mean, there are departments within social media to keep the dopamine hits coming. And it's, um, I have found that marriage matters. And when I talk about that from a leadership standpoint and, and being great and living a great life, you mentioned being present. 
for me, it's marrying what I want to do and give with what the person receiving my effort or attention needs most from me right now. And if I, when I do it a little bit outside of my comfort zone, it allows me not to resent the task. I have a four-year-old. My oldest is 24. I was not expecting to be on the floor again. <laughs> How's knees feeling? Okay. So what I want to do and give, I marry with what she needs most from me right now. And when I realize, oh, she's four years old, she wants to play, her brothers and sisters are older, there's nobody else to do this and be on the floor with but me. It allows me to say, okay, let me get on the floor, but I'm not 25. I'm, I'm not 40, 27 anymore. I'm 47. So when I was on the floor for two hours with my older kids, I might be on the floor for 45 minutes with her. You better be disciplined to start stretching. <laughs> I do. 47. I literally do because I'm running around again with her. Right. And I didn't expect to be doing that. But when we could do that same thing with our wives, with our employees, with our whomever, it changes the game. Marry what you want to do and give with what they need most from you right now. But do it a little bit outside your comfort zone so you don't wind up being resentful. Because you could be yep. present and resentful. Yep. And I'm like, oh, oh. But that phone thing, and I'm sure you guys see it with, with your kids and life or partners or significant others, it is robbing us of our life. Brother, when I came in here, I put my phone over on the table. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it's because it's that thing. You gotta, it got to be disciplined to not look at it. Like discipline is is everything. Like I can't strap it enough. I can't talk about it enough. I, I love where you're hitting on that because some people say hosting an event because you just host an event. It's exhausting, right? You're putting literally 110% because you find you find depths of yourself you can't do. And, and thanks for the shout outs, but it's like, dude, I was high to get this event done. I was like, let's let's do this. I was so pumped. My wife's like. Uh, you're just doing, I don't know what, you're in a whole different sphere. Like, I was like, yeah, it's a man night. It's all. <laughs> and, uh, but that, 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 des that discipline, I mean, you had me going back to my childhood. I was like, I might not have loved everything I did, but I put everything I had into it. And like, my wife doesn't understand my lifestyle commitments or my nutritional commitments or how I can just dive into the barn here or this night. I was like, that's, I, I've always been good at discipline. I don't. I can't explain it. I was must have been wired for it. I don't know. If I was born for it. Maybe I give a shout out to my pops and, and my and my dad coached me for it. But it's it's essential. And, and I'm guilty of the phone thing too. Like I, again, I do sell shit. Uh, but I do marketing. I do the online world. I know all about what you just said, Andre, dude. Those algorithms and what they're doing. Trust me. I constantly run a fine line when I'm consulting or or trying to teach people. My guys, like I just won't do that shit. I will find other ways to achieve those goals, those business goals, whatever it may be. Let's work to find, I just think a better way. And, and again, it's very easy to be addicted to that phone. And that's one thing I love about, so I, I look at this, like tonight, it was a, technically an event. I only had my hand on that phone when, just to guide a few people in, sending the pictures of what the house was because our driveway is an adventure to get up here. Uh, <laughs> you know, the GPSs are not accurate. Even Rob, who's been here, I'm driving back from trying to find that deer and he's driving right by me. And I'm like, bro, where are you going? You've been to the house. I was like, so, <laughs> but I was like, oh, great, I'm hosting an event. I haven't done the phone. I, I had to phone, I had to bring down my retractable charging cable because the phone's ready to die. I didn't even know it was ready to die just now. I was like, well, I'm, I need to record some videos. So, that discipline, that distraction. So I look at that as like, consider, I'm not a parent, but like my time with our dog, my time with my wife, 
I consider that that discipline, like, okay, be here now. Consider it like hosting an event, uh, putting together the puzzle. That is my event. So if you're an event manager or you've hosted events or organized events like I've done or you just ran, okay, let's look at every little thing of the 24-hour day. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Okay, so this half an hour or this hour, it's puzzle time. So that's my event. Phone goes down. Let's make this the best event I've ever achieved, you know, so I can sell some shit. Whatever it may be, I'm going to sell my kid on the fact that my love is legit and I'm all in. And I'm not even a parent. I'm just thinking about that. I'm just putting that all together. I got to tie my business brain in. Uh, But that's what I thought of when you were really hitting on that. So, yeah. And and Rob knows a lot about discipline. (laughs) You know, for those that... um are kind of new to this kind of, kind of conversation. You know, I, I, I remember when I aspired and had a vision, right, of what I wanted for my life, um, but had no clue how to get there, right? And, um, you know, I, I needed to break things down into bite-sized chunks, like little things that I could do. And in the beginning, I would just do simple things like uh, little sayings that would bring me back into my conscious moment and uh, be where your feet are, right? Be where your feet are. I, I do this one thing. It goes one, two, three, go. And when I say one, two, three, go, Mel Robbins does it, you know, five, four, three, two, one blast off. Right. Yep. Just little things to bring me back into the present moment because 95% of the day we are simply operating in our subconscious mind, right? Which is our automatic responses. And we pretty much do the same thing we did the day before. So we want to break that pattern. Um, and, and I do it with little triggers to bring me back to the, the present moment. Um, and then as you know, in my high entrepreneur days, I mean, I, and you can attest to this, you're going from, you know, different industries in one day, right? So you're having multiple meetings and you, you you could go from talking about massage to talking about energy sales to aesthetics to credit repair, you know, and, and you're doing all these, you're, you're switching gears. And I have this phenomenal analogy about, uh, I just rode my bike 500 miles to South Carolina. And when I came back from that event, I processed the entire event. And I, when I looked at the bike, I realized that it's, it's an analogy for a successful and meaningful life. And you got to have direction. You have to have a good physical frame, but you also have to know how to switch gears. Successful people know which gear they should be in at the appropriate time. And mastering the art of switching gears is about being intentional about where the fuck you're at. And giving yourself permission to be in that gear. For sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll share because I, I love, you had shared the bike analogy with me and I said, listen, that was one of the best things I've ever heard. So if you guys are not following Wes, you need to. That was amazing. Um, but the gears, you know, as an entrepreneur, like I know that my year has seasons. Sales are going to be slower given my, you know, given my busy seasons, but I know that's my time for creation of content. I know it's my time to develop another idea for the next for the next year that's going to happen again. Then I know I have my performing time. Then I know I have my team development time. Like so, I love the gear shifts. And it also happens in your marriage. You know, I have a twenty four year old. I'm soon to have a twenty one year old. 
I can't wait for them to be married. I call them rookies. When you have two rookies get married that never been married before, they all, all all make the same rookie mistakes because we're human beings. Human beings get together with another human being. They all make the same. You know, it happens. But now I get the opportunity to help walk them through it if they will allow. There's going to be seasons. There's going to be gear shifts. You know, you're going to change from being a a single person to a boyfriend or girlfriend, which there's different expectations that come with that. Then husband and wife, all of a sudden different speed and gear and expectation. Then the kids hit. Holy shit. There's a different gear and expectation of things like that. So I, I love that. I really love that analogy. Bro, you just took me back to, I think we talked about this years ago on the podcast. Andre, you you hit on something called uh, psychological domains. And um, back in the day before firefighting, I, I dual majored. At, I, went, I made myself be the first kid in my family. I had to go to college. And I, you know, almost done wiping that debt out. I spent a lot of money and changed majors a lot of times. Went back later as an adult. Lots of mistakes. Uh, but it was worth the effort because I got to dual major in psychology. I took a class and I aced it. And I was like, ooh, I'm just going to keep taking these. These are fun. And I remember to this day, that's the biggest thing. I tell people all the time, I love speaking out more about this. You do not have to go to college. Everything I do today, everything I've built my business, everything I built my consultancy out of is hard work and self-education. Yes, my wife is an Ivy League educated horse doctor. You might want to go to school for that. You're cutting into animals and doing all kinds of things. I'm, yeah, medical training, sure. And, and psychology, Absolutely, because that is the only thing that I remember when I went to school is all the science classes, all the psychology, because the one thing that professor talked about, he's like, you could simplify your life down to multiple domains. He's like, I'm going to go focus on six. And I don't need to hit on all of them, but just want to tie what you and Wes were just talking about. Take family, right? Uh, uh, love and relationships. You got your uh, entrepreneurial pursuits or your business, right? You have the education. So just name those. And then run a zero access because I was an engineer in the 90s in my first attempt at school. So <laughs> zero access, picture that balanced plane. And then now put, put, a, put a bar graph going up and down. Throughout life, they're going to go up and down. Four domains, six domains, seven domains, whatever you need to identify in your life. And the biggest thing I learned from that, he's like, right now you guys are in school. So clearly education is probably above that zero access as far as your focal point. And then maybe if you're not in a relationship, love is below that zero access, but maybe family's high because you're still living in a home and maybe there's some things going on in your family you're trying to help with. Maybe you're keeping that up, right? But then maybe you're in a dead end job, but you're just trying to work to get your way through school. So that might be below the zero. So the whole point of that little equation is that you're going to have things going up and down throughout life. The biggest issue is recognizing that, being aware of that. And the only thing that really truly can justify stress, legitimate stress, if you just base it on that graphical analysis, is if you allow all of them to drop below zero. If you just don't give a fuck, (laughs) then you're going to be stressed. You're not going to be happy. But if you have at least, let's say, three out of the six above, and maybe one's at zero and only a couple are below, it's it's okay. It's normal, right? You can't hammer all six. I mean, I'm I'm an adrenaline junkie. I've raced mountain bikes. I've skydived. I told you we had a heli skiing wedding. We're not normal. I love adrenaline, clearly. But (laughs) you can't crush everything all the time. Well, what you mentioned, too, was an an intentional evaluation process. And as we get older, many people stop evaluating themselves. I mean, you work at a job, you're going to have an annual review. But those numbers are already circled. 
how about we get to circle our own numbers and be intentional? So once a month, I call it Get My Life Together Saturday. I sit down with a cup of coffee, a cigar from really serious a drink, and I put down the different roles that I play as a person overall, as me, Andre, but also as a husband, as a father. I have four kids. Believe me, I'll have four different ratings, okay? As a leader, and you could go whatever role that you value, put it down. On the scale of 1 to 10, my rating is on the scale of 1 to 10. 10, you're so daggone good, great. 1, you're not even on the radar. And I'll rate myself in all of those areas. Not overthink it. First number, pop in your mind, write it down. And then you go back. What would it take for me to move up? Or you listening to move up a number or two in each spot? You write down that answer. Don't mean you got to do it. But if anybody should know, shouldn't you? What would it take to move up a number or two? Even if you're a 10, what would it take to get to an 11 or 12? What would it take? And then you sit back and look. What did you say? Discipline. Discipline. And then, it, then it's sitting back and looking and saying, okay, what number am I most proud of? What number am I least proud of? Just because I'm least proud of it doesn't mean I want to do anything about it. What do I want to do about anything here? You do that once a month for yourself or if people, anybody listening, if we would really discipline ourselves to do that once a month, how can you be worse off for it? Who's, who are you arguing with? Yourself? Nobody even sees your numbers. You get to be very honest with yourself. You get to have an evaluative plan every month and you get to be better for it. Wow. And nobody in your life knows where it's coming from. It's amazing what really starts to happen. I love what you just hit there because I'm going to do a quick round robin on this. Is that still a saying? I don't know. Anyway, I'm guilty of being my own worst self-critic. I'm intrigued to see if each of you are the same. For sure. Yeah? For sure. Absolutely. Yes. I could always think I could do better. Right? When I when I, I, I'm guilty of this. I don't. We don't fight very often, but I think it's a part of life. I, I, I tried creating this perfect relationship. There's no such thing. I hate that word. It should be taken out of the English language. There is no such thing as perfection. But I realize when I get all hopped up and I'm trying to do too many things, I'm the one creating the stress. And I'm holding myself to a crazy standard. I just need to take a deep breath because she's calm all the time. I don't know how she is. She doesn't freak out. She doesn't, she doesn't do anything. It's me. So it's like, yo, Scott, calm your own self-criticism. It's going to be fun. Move on to the next task or whatever it is, or to your point, right? Take that break on Sunday, pour a freaking cup of coffee, and just reflect on what you've already succeeded at. Like you guys love the barn. I always see things like, that could be better, that could be better. But like, dude, it's already come a long way. I'm excited for this. It's going to be a never-ending transformation, right? But it's like, yo, reflect, pause, enjoy what you've done, you know? And that's what I'm getting out of that. It's like, I'm like... I feel like each of us have a different way of self-criticism. Maybe not at the same levels, but I think we're all guilty of it. I think anybody who's a hard charger, trying to make a better life, they're trying to maybe make themselves a better person to help more people. And that's part out of tonight too, is like, yo, I want men who have legit mindsets who are trying to help more people. But, but I, I will say sometimes our passion is to help people. Well, I'm going to be a better person so I can help my, help my wife, help my kids. The last part, the last part to rating yourself is what I call the get great question. So you look at that and say, okay, what do I want to do? Okay, I want to be a better father. 
So I went to my son one time and I did the get great question. Son, I want to be a, a great father to you. I went over and I did this thing and I realized this is something that I rated myself. This is something that I want to improve on. The get great question says, what do you need most from me right now? Sometimes we're so eager to be better, but we're not being better in the way they need most. Because you know what he said to me? He says, first off, what most people say when you say, I want to be great, what do you need? He says, oh, no, you're just fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. I said, no, no, no. No, no, no. You say that to your coach, your boss, your wife. They all say the same thing. No, you're fine. No. I really do want to know. We got to give our people in our lives permission to tell us the truth. They may not think you can handle their truth. Maybe they're not quick on their feet. Maybe you're interrupting them in a time where they're hungry or hangry. Who knows? So his real answer, Scott, he said, I need you to back off. Ooh, shoot. I wasn't ready to hear that. (laughs) So sometimes our being better isn't the version that they need. It's what we want to give. So I said, oh, okay, I can back off. But what does that look like to you? Because I'm your dad. I'm not willing to back off that much. But what does it look like? And I backed off and he shot up. So some, you know, it, it, that self-criticism is, drives us to be who we are, but sometimes it can drive the people in our lives crazy. Um, well, so, I, yeah. I think one of the challenges of being a coach is we try to coach at home. And they don't need a coach. Like, I experienced this with my daughter. Like, uh, and he knows my kids. Kid, this is what I have on my phone. At 9.15, it says, discipline equals freedom. Make a list for tomorrow. It goes off every night at 9 o'clock. So, like, this is where discipline comes into play. Um, the gift and the curse with what we do, like... We coach people. We give people direction. We tell them what they need. And then we go home and we want to coach our kid because you're a product of me. You should have this standard. I found with my daughter, like I was very hard with my son, like hard. Like I remember my sisters, my mom, everyone would be like, your kid's going to hate you when he's older. Like he's going to like, he's seriously, you're going to give him issues. My son is literally the mini version of me. He's a great kid, entrepreneur already a Marine going out for Allentown firefighter. Like he's golden boy. Like he's got crazy work ethic, crazy. Just he needed that hardness. Cause I know as a, as a male, like I know that men, only men, I, and women hate when I say this, only men can raise men. I truly believe that hundred percent. It's just a fact. Um, but with my daughter, I was trying to be hard. Like your brother did this, like your brother didn't do this. And I was always this hard. And then I had one of my coaches say, Maybe she doesn't need a coach there, tough guy. Like, maybe she needs her dad. And that doesn't mean her dad can't have standards and can't have expectations, but she doesn't need to be coached. You know what I mean? So this is like you said, he said, I need you to back off. So when I stopped coaching my daughter, I literally, and then I thought outside the box, I'm like, I'm connected with First Form. I got all these amazing young coaches i teamed up a young girl that's a coach in this area and all of a sudden she's in the gym every day she's working out every day she's eating right every day she's cooking because i couldn't be the coach do you see the schedule of our kids they go to school for about six seven hours and get told what to do all day 
If they play a sport, then they're yelled at and told what to do for another couple hours. And then they come home to us. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, my goodness. When you really look at it, yeah. you're so right. So um, thank you for that. That's huge. So, well, just like what you were saying, <coughs> boys need fathers in their lives. They need men to raise men. Like, no disrespect. I know you didn't mean it. Nobody means it. No disrespect for the women in our lives that bear these children, that help to raise the children. But back in the day, when the boys came of age, they went with their dad to the fields, and dad taught them how to be a man. This is how you work. This is what you do. When you go home, this is how you treat your wife. This is what you do for her. These are the things you do as a man. This is your responsibility. Women can't, per se, teach that to young men. Just like you couldn't teach those things to your daughter, she didn't want to hear it from dad. It needed to come from a woman because she can relate better to that. I grew up without a dad. My mom did a hell of a job, but I tend to think had had I had a stable man in my life, what would that look like now? Never dwell on it because I would never change who I am. All the things that I had to figure out on my own is what made me who I am. So it's great. But I know for a fact part of my existence is to go to places where young men are, schools, um, sporting events, that see guys like us. Because, listen, we're all like 40s. Mm-hmm. 39. <laughs> oh, we got one young buck. All right. And, and most of us are jacked as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Give it up to the old man up in here. Yeah. Uh, Roger that. No doubt. Going back to going back to schools and going to a, a listen, if I was in high school, junior high school, and a dude like me rolled in and like a nice car, looked good, tattoos, jacked as hell, successful, and that guy grew up without a dad. Wait, I'm growing up without a dad. I'm listening to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I could do, he did it. Yeah. Why can't I? Yeah. Maybe I should go talk to him after this event. Yep. Like, who knows what doors those things open? That's why we're here in part to also share that with with everyone. You're a great evidence of that, Dale, because when we were kids at the same school, I didn't know that, right? Because. When you're a kid, you don't know people's home life. You don't know if someone's being beaten, if they're being left alone home. They're, uh, what's the, what do they call it? Keyless or key, key, latchkey kids, right? There's all these new terms. And I did have a mom and a father, right? I still do. Um, but even that's not perfect, right? So, like, my family went through multiple bankruptcies. I moved a lot. Like, I, yeah, I grew up on a farm. But the farm changed, And then we were in an apartment between one farm to the next farm. And then I found out years later, my family has never owned a house. I'm the first, my younger brother and I are the first homeowners in our family. Wow. So like, I take a lot of pride, Erico, the discipline in every little damn thing I do here because of that. And, but here's the thing. I don't remember ever hugging my father until I left and went West and might not have come back. And after that first year doing a wild and firefighting, I was 30 years old. When I came home, my dad gave me a hug. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, I'm literally looking across through my mom and I'm like, 
is he okay? I don't know how to hug. I'm like, are they all right? And she goes, just, and she's nodding at me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this whole hug thing. I never hugged my father. I don't remember ever hugging my father, right? So even though dad was there, and his dad was a little fucked up, but it was like, okay, it was just work, right? Take me to the field, shoveling shit. It was just, he wanted to make sure when we came to Pennsylvania, even though we rented that farm or we bought that farm, I don't even know the whole backstory. The whole point is, until I was 18, he wanted to make sure we grew up responsible for, other, for animals, caring for things. I mean, my first two jobs, I was 14 years old. I would ride a 10-speed bike about 20, 30 minutes to a restaurant, wash dishes. Then on the other days I wasn't, I was riding down to another farm, a dairy farm, and milking cows. And then I go back to my own farm. Like that was my childhood. Cause I just, once I knew I was, they, once they said, oh, you can work at 14, I'm like, I need to make some money because my family has none. Right. But that was discipline. But also I was lacking some of the, I feel is a well rounded father. Cause this motherfucker right here, this guy loves his kids. All right. Follow his personal feed on, on Instagram. It, 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 dude, he is a proud papa with a third on the way. I don't know if you have any love left. I think you're going to be digging deep, Rob. I mean, I mean, it's like, but I was like, so as a non-childbearing guy, just a dog dad, I love seeing that in men that I'm connected with because, and again, I love my father. I love my mother, but it wasn't there. That, so I had some great influence, but not all the influence that I see other men stepping up and doing. Guys like you guys, like legit proper fathers. So I'm not saying my dad was not a proper father, but you know where I'm going with that. So um, I just want to balance out where you went there, Dale, because I do feel that just because you have a father, that doesn't make it perfect either, right? He still needs to be a good man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They need to be present, just like we were talking about. Be present where you are. Be present. You know, like I too have quite a few friends who were just the most amazing dads. Like there is nothing more important to them than their family and their kids. And not just that, they're proactively raising their children, like teaching them, here's what it means to be an entrepreneur at 10, 11, 12. If you do this, I'll give you a reward. So they understand reward systems. They understand then once they start doing those things, they get a reward, but how good they feel on the other side is a huge reward in itself too. So they're just teaching them all these different things in life that I learned, but I didn't necessarily learn from one person, you know? And, and look, I held a deep grudge against my father for a long time. I think I was five when I met him. His mom passed. He took me to Disney World. I thought, this is, this is my dad. This is the greatest guy in the world. Took me to Disney World. Don't see him again for a year or two. Blows into town, buys me some toys. Back in the day, it was He-Man, and, and he used to ride the, whatever that cat's name was. He bought me one of them freaking toys, and I'll never forget it because it was so important because nobody else had the money to buy it for me. Um, but as I got older, him blowing in and out of town, buying me a couple little things, lost its shine. Like, hey, I'm graduating from Lehigh University. Graduating with honors. I want you there. I don't know I can make it. Why? I just, I don't have the money. Hmm. So he didn't have the money because he was too busy going to the Philippines to try to get a wife that was my age to bring her back to this country. That's why he didn't have the money. Hmm. 
that sucks. So I said, you know what? You either take the man for who he is or you don't take him. And I said, you don't show up at my graduation. I don't ever want to see you again. Didn't talk to that man ever again. When he passed, I realized that I may regret this, but when I thought it through when I decided to not talk to him. I said, you know what? This, when this guy passes, am I gonna, this is going to bother me because if it is, you need to, to, to try to make amends. Um, he passed and it didn't bother me, but what, what happened was a lot of those old thoughts came back up again. Like those, old, those things like, how, how does a man not want his son? And it's and and no disrespect, but it's not like I'm special needs. It's not like like I'm doing shit. How does a man not want his son who like you could be proud of? That got way twisted up in my head. Um, Have you figured it out? And then I figured it out because then I started. So when I so I posted on Facebook about what a piece of shit he was. My nieces that. Uh, my brother's daughters that lived in Alaska. My dad was in Alaska and he, he was with them. My, my nieces started attacking me. Then my sisters from my dad's side of the family went at my nieces and was like, you guys don't know. He abandoned, he abandoned us and your brother. Um, that's why they changed their names, all these different things. And at the end, at the end of the day, my brother was like, bro, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? Like, there's, there's truth to this. He's like, I never told them any of that. They only know him as their grandfather who's so good to them. And I immediately realized, like, how good of a dude is my brother for never letting that cat out of the bag with his kids? How easy is it for us to tear people down? Which is what I was doing. And... Taking it one step further, by, by him not doing that and my, my father being a really good grandfather, I say, you know what? He, he fucked up with me, but at least he tried to make up for it with his grandkids. So that allowed me to start to find the good in him. And then it was, you know what? If it wasn't for him, I probably would have never got turned on to working out. Cause he turned me on to it cause he did it when it wasn't cool to work out. So then I wanted to be like him. So I started to do it. Then he was a salesman. Well, then I got into sales. So there are a lot of characteristics there that, um, I could attribute to him. I want to, I want to add two things to this. First off, we had a great statistic at the event. Do you know what the statistic is of your mother and your father getting together and those, that egg and that sperm coming together, do you know what the percent is? The percent of that happening in the world. Do you know what? So, and that, that accumulation is you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what, what, do you remember what it was? 400 trillion. Four, uh, you are. I was going to say a million, but. <laughs> 400 and trillion to one. to one. You are that 400 and trillion to one. Like I, when I heard that statistic, like I immediately, like when you think about that, just the thought of that happening is why you're walking and listening. The, them two meeting, 400 and trillion to one. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a, like, when you think about that, like, you are that. It's like, it's, you could win the lottery. You know how special you are, yeah. you, know special yeah. you, are, right? yeah. you are, right? The second thing I want to add on to that is 
uh, I think sometimes when we grow up, how we grew up, because we both grew up without dads. You know, you had your dad. <clears throat> your dad was not there, right? Was your dad there? He was there. Your dad was there, right? When you grow up without a dad, you know, one of the things that I saw when my mom passed away is, and it was crazy perspective. I'm looking at these pictures of me and my sisters with my, with my mom. And I'm looking at these pictures of my mom and I'm seeing like these crazy bags under her eyes. And up until my mom died, I thought what you thought. I'm like, yo, my mom was not a good mother. She was married multiple times. She did nothing good for, for our kids. Like what she did to my sisters, If you, it's like a real life Jerry Springer show. And then I used to think of my dad, how, and I'm Arabic, like I'm Palestinian, I'm first generation here. For an Arab father to leave his only male son like, I used to think, like, do you know what it would take if, to keep me away from my kid? Yeah. yeah. It would take an act of God to keep me away from my child. Like, there's, I don't care how crazy Jan would ever get. My, I don't care. Like, there would be nothing that would keep me away from my kids. And I used to think, like, screw you. Like, how could you, how could you do this? Like, how could me, like, how could you leave mm -hmm. your boy? Like, it would just, and then I would, like, I would think to my mom, and this is right up until she died. I would look at her and be like, how would you let this happen to your kid? Like, how did you do that? Like, I would never do that. And then I pan over and I see my mom with all of her sisters. And this was the first time I realized I never, I always seen it from my perspective. Always. I never, and like, you just never, you just never think about it. And then I'm looking at my mom and I'm looking at her with her nine sisters. She was the youngest of nine. Pappy was married three times. Nana was married two times. Multiple husbands, multiple families. She was morbidly overweight. She was teased. She was picked on. She was abused. She was constantly looking for attention. And it literally, this is like a half hour before her service. And it hit me like right then and there. She only knew what she knew. And that's exactly it. And that's the last piece that I was going to share. Yeah. It didn't start with him. I realized it didn't start with my dad. If I'm going to blame him, I need to blame his parents. Right. And their parents and their parents. Generational. Correct. And guess what? It's my turn. Yeah. To take my last name and make it fucking mean something. Facts. Well, which has changed my whole perspective on shit. Maybe I do want kids. Because I'm the only one for my mom and dad together. Mm. And if that comes into my world, shit, now I'm 46. I'm going to be pumping kids out. God. <laughs> God works in crazy ways. I just want to expand on that because I know Wes is going to jump in and then Andre. It's, it's, it's on a different note, but it's what you hit. The family tree. Everybody's family tree is different. Right? You guys got some traumatic uh, things. And for me, and I'll just give a shout out to... Uh, because I know you're involved in helping people with credit and debt and stuff, right? So I became obsessed with Dave Ramsey a couple of years ago. Anybody who's ever heard about wiping out debt and shit, that guy has built a fucking legacy. Um, hey, again, not every influencer is for everybody, but I just like his style because he just tells you how it is. He's from down south and he's like, it is what it is. But part of his legacy message, what I love how he, everybody who speaks on his show after 40 years of being in the radio world, now the podcasting world is, he's like, if you're going to step up and dial your shit in. Like what I have here today with my wife is because we work together. 
yes, she was the primary breadwinner. And then I realized I've been dragging debt and mistakes and shit financially that I didn't do on purpose. It was just no one ever taught me about money. Right. I, I, what's another big thing? That's that's a whole other show for the next time if we do another time. But the point is, is like, dude, financial education. We got to step up and learn because my wife, her father was a CFO, ran a, two different major companies, like accountant. Like, she doesn't know what debt is. She's never had it. It doesn't like she saw my debt when we started to get married, and she's like, "What the hell is that?" I mean, it freaked her out, right? <laughs> And I made that commitment. I was like, yo, I got to change my family tree. And I told her, I mean, she, I took like everything I do. I took it to the extreme. I was like, that's it. I was like, we're paying off the house in five years. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a, she's like, calm the hell down. I was like, no, I set a long-term goal. I wrote it down. And I said, I turned 46 this year. I was like, the school loans are gone within a few months. So I had a lot. And I said, I have no other debt. I was like, I'm dumping everything into retirement and the house. I was like, I want this house paid for when I turn 50. I want to be the first person in my family with the college education and with the all the, the and I own a house, but I literally want to own the house. I want to step out in that grass, barefoot, whether it be with a cigar and a scotch, whatever, get my grounding on. And I'm just, and then I'm just gonna see like I could take the month off if I want to. Cause if you owe nobody anything, you're free. And that's something that really set in for me. So that was just for me connecting on the family tree thing, right? Is just because we came from that past or those influences doesn't make who you are. Mm-hmm. You chose to surround yourself, Dale, with friends that you noticed. You were smart enough to say, yo, that's a cool dad. That's a cool dad. I'm going to hang around these guys. We are the product. I mean, well, what's the cl- lots of classic quotes out there. Product are some of the five people we spend the most time with. Lots of great years years ago influencers who have said these amazing quotes. The point is, is like, okay, fine. Can't change the past. Can't change the future, the present. Let's change the future. So just change the family tree. What are you going to do with that discipline to discipline. commit and make that change? So I just wanted to hit on that because I know Wes is going to jump in too. So no doubt. And um, thank you for being vulnerable. You know. Um, you know, is um, and, 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 and like you guys, you know, obviously I didn't have the perfect male role model. Um, and I didn't think that it was a factor until I hit, you know, in my forties and realized, um, yeah, there's certain things that just are missing, right. That my just mom just couldn't do. Um, I literally just rode my bike 500 miles to South Carolina to gain awareness for young boys that grow up without fathers. Some of these kids seen some of the most horrific things that you could think of, one of which was an 11-year-old boy sitting in the backseat of the car that witnessed his dad pull a gun out and shoot his mom point blank in front of him at 11 years old. And um, as I'm riding through the Blue Ridge Mountains, some of the most beautiful scenery that I've ever seen over nine days and 52,000 in elevation change, um, I heard, and, and I'm a man of faith. I don't hide that. I think it's very important. Um, not religious. I'm spiritual. And I heard the voice of God. And he said, Wes, I'm all the father that you'll ever need. I'm all the father that you'll ever need, bro. And when you put expectations on human beings, they will let you down a lot. And he said, I'm, I'm all the father that you'll ever need. And just FYI, we're setting a fucking date for this again. 
I'm coming back. I'm be fucking swole as fuck. <laughs> right? Because Dale done pissed me off. That's my coach. <laughs> and I'm getting brother, a truck. Because I, I feel like I don't fit in. I drove a minivan here, damn it. <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> Hey, uh, oh, I gotta go. Do you have to yeah. wanna edit it? Or I, I got a client cool. tomorrow morning. Hey. I didn't know uh, how long this was gonna go, yeah. bro. Fantastic. Thank you. Yes. Outstanding. <laughs> Brother, love you. Hey, oh, keep man. chatting. I'm gonna jump in. Ah, we got our hugs in. We need to work his way through. Well, it was uh so great the vu- the vulnerability and one of the things that kept pressing in my mind that I've had to get better with, chosen to get better with over the years, was forgiveness. Mm. I was, was a mental health therapist for 19 years. And I never forget learning and then teaching this thing around forgiveness because they talk about letting go. Like, that's the last step. So, one, uh, Dale, what is it? Like, we don't have to forgive our parents, our fathers, our, our, our exes, or whoever. But if you choose not to forgive, then you're choosing how you feel. When you do choose to forgive, letting go is the last step. And I never forget learning this process where it was, one, share your story, but be mindful who you share your story with. If you only share your story with people who have your same perspective, you're only going to get more of what you've been feeling. So not everybody gets your story. Um, Those that do... Are they helpful? Are they challenging you? Are they saying, okay, I'm glad you, you, know, you feel that way, good, but now what? What are you going to do? What's the purpose behind what you're going to do next? <clears throat> then it was understanding your offender. Your, your dad offended you in, in a certain way, or your wife offends you, or somebody offends you. Assuming they're not the devil, bursting out of the underbelly of society to ruin your day. Most people aren't awful people. No. 19 years in mental health, I met two monsters. So monsters do exist, but it's rare. So understand their why. Why would somebody do abandon you? Why would somebody do or say what they said? They have a reason. It's not a reason that you like or understand or respect, but they have a reason. Why would they do that? And then it was forgiveness is not absent of boundaries. So after I've shared my story with the right people, after I understand my offenders, why? Am I going to mess with you or not? If I'm not going to mess with you anymore, I'm not talking to you anymore, then we're done. Cool. Over. If I am, what's my new boundary? You get to be in my life how now I need you and want you in my life in a way that I can deal with so I'm not getting driven crazy. And then we can... Let it go. So for those listening, maybe that's something helpful. Maybe you're going through something right now, but that right there really put it, and it's no time frame for it, or you might bounce around. It's not neat. Forgiveness isn't neat. You know, so um, that really stood out when, when you were sharing with that because I've had to do my share of forgiving. <laughs> to- hey, you have to remember that they, are, they just may not know any better. They don't know what to do, just like we don't so many times. So it's it's easy for us to get mad at other people. and But not everybody does what we're doing here. Yeah. There's there's less than 1% that probably do what we're doing here. That right. are looking to be better, the best versions of themselves. Right. It's not cliche. We want to be the best versions of ourselves. Rebuild over and over and over until the day we die. Well, I, I teach bully words. And there's a bully word. 
that most of us use deserve. I deserve a dad that's going to be there. I deserve a wife that gets me. I deserve this. And we will temper tantrum eventually because of what we feel we deserve. And one day, my wife and I, we were in a rough spot. And I was so upset that she couldn't be like how I wanted her to be or who I've become. She wasn't like that. And one day I was like, huh, you don't consume what I consume. We don't follow the same people on Instagram, Facebook, social media. You don't read the books I read. You're not on stages talking about what I do. I post something, leadership and work-life harmony, every day of the week. You, She didn't. Why in the world would she think like me? Why in the world would her language be like mine? Never. Never. That's, that, that's a horrible expectation to have for somebody. So it really dawned on me, hmm, relax. Calm down. I want my 15-year-old, my 20-year-old to be a certain way. You know how I was when I was 15? It took me 47 years to get like this, but I'm going to be upset because they're 15 and being like that? That sounds crazy. So. Wait, buff doesn't happen overnight? Right? So it was such an eye-opening experience when you looked at it from a forgiveness standpoint. For sure. For sure. Yeah, Got to be able to give grace. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people don't understand how to do it. No, I mean, I think that's part of growth, though. I mean, again, the theme of tonight was met of mindset, right? But it's like mindset's just a key word. I just it just it popped in my head. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to stick on the calendar invite, and I'm still going to stick by it. I'm, I'm feeling it. But the point is, it's like it's that's just discipline. an umbrella. Yeah, men of I, discipline. But I mean, but how many bombs did we drop tonight? that build up into that, whether it be, you want to call it a parachute or an umbrella, or you're filling a hot air balloon, right? These are all elements. There's so many bombs we've dropped tonight, so many keywords, so many importances, right? It's like letting things go, dropping the deserve thing, getting humble, um, letting the past, uh, uh, learn from the past actually, and carry that into the next steps of your future. The whole point is it's like, that's the growth. Whether it's personal, whether it's professional, whether it's emotional, whether it's romantic, it's all growth. And I think if you're your event, Unite and Conquer, right? It's just, dude, if we can get just, hell, I'm not the host. You and Whitney were the host. You guys co-founded it. If just one person came out of that event and just starts crushing it in Allentown, Pennsylvania, you made a massive difference. Because now how many people will that one person cascade out, right? It's like you didn't just... People think Allentown is just like the pond versus the lake versus the ocean. But, I mean, actually, we're one of the top three biggest economic centers in Pennsylvania. People forget about that, right? So I'll give you a fun, fun fact. Two, two of the uh, – oh, two, two of the video people at the event that weren't even there to, like, you know, to, to attend the event, I seen the one guy yesterday – and he comes up to me and he was like, hey, he was like, I was at your event. I was a camera guy. He was like, yeah, me and my, my wife was the other camera girl. He was like, we started the, the program that you talked about. She was like, he was like, I'm down 26 pounds. She's down 13 pounds. He was like, we're working out two times a day. We're doing all of this. And they weren't even like, it wasn't even for them. They were the video people. Like, so you just, you just never know who's watching, man. Never you just never know. And it, 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 it just goes with what you were saying, Scott. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's a great thing to be able to do things like this because, one, it's not happening enough. And he was at my event, 
And if not us, then who? And if not now, then when? Like, this is just, a, it's a big part of my motto right now. Like, right now, the time is now. And we could all bitch about the problem. We could point the fingers, which we've seen crazy finger pointing within the past three years of our, all of our lives. And again, you could stand with your flag proud, whichever flag that may be. Um, <clears throat> but the reality of it is, is we got to fix shit. And the only way that we're going to fix it, the first place I believe it's going to happen, it's going to happen at home. Because then when it starts at home, it trickles down out into the field. And I can't say it enough. It's the, 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 the root of all great qualities is what? Discipline. It's discipline to do this. It's discipline to do the work. It's discipline to be conscious. It's discipline to think. It's discipline with your intentions. It's disciplines in how you act. Like discipline, it's the root of it all. I, I think you're, you're right. It starts at home. Before it even starts at home, it starts inside. For sure. And then in order for it to start inside, I realized for a long time, I've always loved myself, but I've never been in love with myself in a non-narcissistic way. I need to fall in love with me. Reason why there are so many failed relationships in my life is because I never loved myself enough, respected myself enough to realize what I truly deserved in my life and made sure that the people I allowed in my circle were of that caliber because I didn't love myself enough. I think a lot of people in our world don't take the time to fall in love with themselves. Regardless of where you are, it doesn't matter if you're in a 30-year relationship, you're out, you just got divorced 14 times, it doesn't matter. Well, it, it allows you to know your worth without temper tantruming. Correct. Things change significantly when you fall in love with yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't allow a lot of things to happen, but to get there, you got to know the right questions to ask. And, and I'm a firm believer in people getting right in the head. I'm also a firm believer in that most situations can be handled with the right questions with yourself. So many people are sitting on the couch with therapists and it, I got my therapist three times a week. Why don't you learn to ask yourself better questions and you don't need to talk to a therapist? Well, I, I was a therapist, mental health therapist for 19 years. And I would tell every patient or client that I worked with, if you're only having these conversations, if you're only doing this work one hour a week when you're in here with me, you're going to go at a snail's pace. And if you're okay with that, then I'm okay with that. But I don't think that's what you want. And it's my style of working at that time when I was doing that is I am not doing a great job if I am working with you for years on end. Mm -hmm. Like I want to teach you how to ask yourself these questions so you can do this because we all know the answer. Yeah. We don't always know the question. And it, it's, it's sad that a lot of people in that industry don't, don't take your approach. They look at those clients as meal tickets. Yes. And they expect, they want them there for the next 10 or 15 years. And that's what it was, it was never developed for that. Mm -hmm. um, by no means am I an expert in any of that. It just, the thing that helped facilitate my looking back and trying to figure out what I like to say, situations that happened in my youth, I saw through my child eyes. Mm. But now that I'm a, a grown ass man, and at the time, anywhere from 35 to 45 is when this journey is, is started about 35, when I really started getting deep into figuring some things out, I realized the things in the past 
most people stay in the past, move forward. You can't get above here unless you open Pandora's box and you let all those demons out and you get rid of them. But to do that's going to hurt. But if you ask the right questions, you can figure it out. Mm. Like the scenario I mentioned with, you know, with, with my mom and, and sitting in the car with my grandfather. Now that I see that through different eyes, I could become okay with that scenario. And my mom was the best mom in the world. My mom, I'm the baby. I get whatever the hell I wanted. My mom would work three jobs to make sure I could keep up with the other kids. Like I had Air Jordans. We had no money for Air Jordans. I had Air Jordans. My Chicago Bulls jacket that nobody could get the one year she got for me. Shit was like 170 bucks, 95. I stole mine. Yeah, well, you probably stole mine, asshole. Because the problem is I went to a skating rink, thought I was cool with all the cool kids, put my jacket underneath the bench like all the cool kids. If you went to Whitehall Skate Away, it was probably me. Now it comes out years later. And, And I lost my jacket. And I, I'm. Did you lose it? That, it's called. That, that was crushing. Well, dude, it, it crushed. It didn't. That's the first time something crushed me because of what my mom did for me. Like how hard she worked for it. It's the first time I realized it. I was probably 13, 14 years old. And the most humiliating walk I've ever had to do was from that door to her fucking car picking me up. Wow. And as soon as I got in the car, Where's your jacket? You felt like you let her down. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the worst feeling I've ever had in my life. Where's your jacket? She wasn't pissed. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, somebody stole it. Well, you know, if somebody you walk into the house without the fancy new jacket, you know she's going to Well, she that. was in the car. So oh, she was picking oh. me up at the skating rink, oh, and I walked out worse. without my jacket. Oh. I'm in my sweatshirt. Jesus. Um, nothing was said again. The next day, she went out and bought me another jacket. Wow. Dude. Wow, that's super mom. That's yeah. that's that's crazy. And never, there was no punishment. Or, wow, I don't know that she knew how hurt I was inside, yeah. but well, dude, I never like some lessons you have to learn. Yeah. yeah, that one I would never have to learn. I would never leave my shit sit around anywhere ever. But again. good on you for at least you can go back in your mind and remember that you did at least recognize that your mom worked hard for that. So I love the fact that you did feel guilty because you should, of all course. of us should, but like there's, there's unfortunately youth out there today that maybe poor parenting or whatever, the materialistic objects are deserved and they are or expected and they just take it all for granted. Right. And they don't, they only at least have that mindset to at least be like, Oh man, no mom busted her ass for this. I feel like shit, and then obviously she scored you another one. So I was like, "Yo, that is super mom." I don't know what. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, dude, if I would have broken my GI Joe base as a kid, I think I would have got my ass beat. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> I begged for that thing for two years. So, um, well, listen, through all, all the trials and tribulations that my mom went through. Again, I'm not super religious. Um, I'm getting there in these last year or two. I've really started to question religion may be really a thing. Like I know there's something bigger than us, but I never really tried to define it. And now I'm starting to open up to defining it. But God has given me the ability to see things in a way most people don't see them. So when I'm going through a situation, going back, I can literally, 
I feel like helping young boys is is here because to this day I can remember being seven, eight, nine, twelve, fourteen scenarios. The whole emotion, the whole thing, vivid in my mind, just comes right back. And and I so I know what they're going through. That you don't know what I'm going. You know these kids like say, I don't know. You don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, I do. It's just a different time. Like, okay, you guys are going through it right now. We went through the same shit. Maybe we didn't have cell phones to go through some shit, but at least they do have cell. Yeah. yeah, like it's just yeah. it's just different. But the know? cool thing is you're recognizing it, and it doesn't mean you have to leap into that next um, avenue in your growth or or, or influence influence, if you will. Uh, but like you know, Wes's journey to the south, the 500 mile bike ride. Like he was inspired enough to go and take that journey on and try and help boys with no fathers right so that could be it sounds like it is in your path man i mean and and just keep stay open stay and feel it right yeah. when it feels right if there's an opportunity to speak or, or or give back do it when i get a when i get a chance i always try to make sure that you know i speak to young, younger younger guys whatever yeah. and just just kind of get them on the same page and and help where i can yeah. you know like i had we did Pennsylvania Free Enterprise Week in high school. Junior Achievement, which I don't know why there's no Junior Achievement around anymore, but Junior that. Achievement was the th- was a huge thing that taught you how to be an entrepreneur as a as a young as a young adult as a, like a high school kid, boys and girls. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities out there for these kids. It's just people have to 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 help them out and try to find them. Yeah. Well, this we've been at this for a while. By the way, we're actually at an hour and twenty five minutes. Wow. So. We can keep going because you guys are freaking epic. So, but I don't because we're gonna have to save this. Wes did call us out and say we have to commit to something else here. Um, so, unless there's not another hot item on that, I, I think we should try. You know, start just find a way to bring this all to a close. So, Brad, unless you have something because you got a mic in your hand, how do we want to sum this all up? For, to help close the show. I, my normal podcast episodes, I just have my guests go say, "Listen, guys, years ago, I just say, hey, what's some final words of the show?" and then. I actually changed this, and I realized from years of talking to people, approaching 500 shows online, and then going through the book writing process, it's challenging but worth it. Um, I realized what we're talking about tonight too is, you know, what is the legacy that we're that we're trying to inspire or leave behind on this planet? Because we could all get hit by a car tomorrow. I could hit a tree, Sunny Bono style skiing on the next ski trip. Right, anything is possible. But I was like. That's why, like, when I decided to write the book, for example, I ended up creating a charity in the process. That was not on the mission list. It just clicked because I realized, wait a minute, like, what if this created something positive? And then if, if nothing else, there's something positive out there that is tied to my name. And it's not about clout or it's not about, you know, praise or influence or status. I just said, dude, I just want people to know that there's good shit happening in the world. So that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, if you guys want to feel it from a legacy standpoint or you just want to kind of sum up how your 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 beefy, manly evening went in my barn, I don't know. <laughs> Why don't we do a little uh, round robin here listen, and help close the show out? In the immortal words of the man who stole my fucking jacket from Skateaway, discipline. <laughs> it's discipline. I knew you were there. The man on the grassy knoll. If it was between 89 and 92, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. <laughs> you know, uh, I see these flags, and and one, you know, I follow Jocko. Do you, I think we all know who Jocko is, right? So Jocko and JP Dinell, um, 
JP we had on a call probably like six months ago on my in my men's group. And he said something to me. He goes, even on our worst day, our worst, what we think is our worst day. He said two things that were prolific. And I, this is the point where we wrap it up because the whole purpose of this is so someone can hear something and they can invoke change, right? To, to do something different, to think different, like to take action to do something different, right? He said two things. One, he said, even on our worst day, our absolute, what we think is our worst day, somewhere in the world, that's someone's dream. And that just puts things into perspective, right? When we think about the challenges that we're going through, you know, the obstacles that we're going through, and we're like, oh my God, it's like, it's like whatever we're going through right now, for the most part, if you live in America and you're looking at your little two by your phone and your worst day is someone's like absolute dream. That's number one. And two things, the second thing, and this is like a Jocko statement, <laughs> discipline is rooted and I just want you to just break this down. Discipline is rooted in the truth that you tell yourself, right? And like when he said it, I heard it, but I didn't really understand it. Discipline is rooted in the truth that you tell yourself. Let's talk about physical. Oh, I can never be in shape. That's the truth. That's the discipline in the truth that you tell yourself. I can never be on a stage in front of 10,000 people speaking. If you had the discipline and you believed it, the discipline is the truth that you tell yourself. Like it's, it's, so, it's so insane how important that word discipline is. And people say it like, you know, I have right on the back of my truck, it says discipline equals freedom, I have it. Because it does give you freedom. It gives you the freedom to do the things that you wanna do. You took discipline to pay off your home in five years. You took discipline to take the initiative to open up a business. You had the discipline since you've been 16 years old to keep that vision, to keep that focus. And you're a gym owner that's going to do great things. You I'm sure you had discipline when you said that I'm going to be a speaker and I'm going to be a coach. There was discipline that came into it. And I think it's, it's, complete, it's not talked about enough, but discipline is everything. And if you don't have discipline, we're all fitness people here. Every single person in this room, now that Wesley left, a <laughs> little shot at Wesley. <laughs> I'll tell, we'll he say it to him. We've been breaking his chops all night. Guys. He rode a bike 500 miles. He guys. did ride a bike. Anybody right, else right. here ride a bike 500 miles? No, 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 no. No. Okay. Right. Just we just break. <laughs> he, didn't say, he didn't say it took him 387 days to do it. <laughs> no. Correct. He did. He had the discipline to do that, right? That, that, that's the, let's, let's like an Iron Man times 10, right? If you don't have discipline, and I think us as fitness people, I always say start with your body. It's something you have complete control over. Start with a walk, move your body. Start with, I don't care if you do the fucking hokey pokey for 30 minutes, move your body for 30 minutes. And then the crazy thing that happens is, and you heard this when I was at the event, you're gonna, you're gonna get one week that goes by and you're gonna say, man, look at what I did. I, I did this for a week. And then something starts happening and you're gonna do it for two weeks. Then you do it for three weeks. And then you do it for four weeks. And then it turns into a quarter and now it turns into a year. And then you, what happens, and this is, this is where people don't get it and I wish they did. Then you could look back and you could say, 
I did it. And when you look back at what you've accomplished and you actually did it, I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's moving 30 minutes a day. It's going to do something to you inside. It's going to move you different because you're going to have the sense of accomplishment like, wow, look at what I did. I can do it. Yes, I did do that. And then it just, you start strengthening this discipline muscle and you start with the physical and then it goes to the mental. And I truly believe you get the physical and you get the mental, you get them working synergistically together. Then you can start working on your spirit. And I promise you when you get the mental and you get the physical and you get the spirit and you're disciplined in all three of those areas, the financial takes care of itself every single time without you even focusing on the, on the financial Discipline. That's my end and closing statement. Andre, what do you got, brother? And by the way, totally agree with you because the past two years have been my two most successful financial years ever because I stopped focusing on the money. And, and all everything I built up to that point, it just, just started cranking, man. But it took years of discipline. So, yeah, well said. Andre. Um, my closing is very brief. Um, change is inevitable. Growth and evolution is a choice. Dude, Rob, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that was a mic drop. Right there. <laughs> I don't have that. Yeah. Um, so it's funny about your, your truths you tell yourself. Um, we're sitting here talking about mindset all night, and there's probably a good chance that if I asked each one of you for a definition of mindset, you either might not have one or we all have a different one. Right. If you Google it, there's 16 or 17 actual definitions of mindset. So there isn't really one. Um, and the one I've, I've learned over the years uh, that was handed to me and taught to me was mindset of the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. So you telling yourself your truth, like if you tell yourself you're going to fail, you're going to fail. Um, if you tell yourself you're going to succeed, you're probably going to succeed. So I think that's something that everybody needs to take a conscious look at of the words that we say to ourselves. I know for a long time, my words to myself weren't great. There's a lot of blaming, um, parent things like, like the rest of you guys. I didn't share mine, I will at some other point. But I blamed the world around me. Blame parents for things. I blame friends for things, jobs for things. When all I was doing is just telling myself these these stories that of things that people did to me, instead of me telling my stories of things I'm gonna do, or things I'm gonna accomplish, or where I'm gonna go. So spend more time telling yourself the stories you want to hear the stories that can get you somewhere stop telling yourself the things you can't do the things you're going to fail at or the things that happen to you that's the victim mentality I have a whole course about it um, avoid those alright guys so just mindset is the stories you tell yourself about yourself so make them good ones well said everyone um, and I will second that. Uh, the reason why I decided to use the keyword mindset was only because years of podcasting, the theme of the show is we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. 
I've always put health first. It's why each of you were invited because you each embody health, wellness, fitness, whatever angle of it you want to go to because it is truly a foundational element, as you stated, Brad, because it does trigger the mental game necessary to break through the barriers, to leap over the speed bumps, to you know claw over the walls if you're on a Spartan race, to literally swing a tool that's up there on the loft there 16 hours a day in the dirt to fight a wildfire. It's that mind game. You got to put your health and wellness first. The mindset kicks in. Rob, well said about your self-accountability is a key word, a combination I love to do is you can't look outward for help. You can. I'm not saying don't. Please do. But in the end, we have to be personally accountable for what we're doing and what we're getting out of every single day because everybody's got the same 24 hours in a day. Everybody says, oh, I don't know how you did this, that, and the other thing. I make the joke that, oh, I don't have kids because I'm the only guy here with no kids. Well, sorry, Dale's with me too. But it's like, um, but it's it's still the same 24 hours a day. A lot of what I have accomplished, other people have done with kids and families. So I just say it as a joke to move quickly through it. But actually the depth of that is I chose to put the work in. I mean, I have three words tattooed on my chest, and that's how I'm going on oh, my ribs. And uh, each of us have different tattoos in this room. But after the firefighting, from the firefighting handbook, three words stuck with me. Duty, respect, and integrity. And that's why I tattoos on my ribs. So that's how I'm going to close the shows out. And you could tie that to discipline. You could tie that to uh, letting go of the deserving mindset and building it into a, a humble mindset. We could talk that in just in general from all of us about transforming our lives and helping others do the same as we continue to grow our lives and help others along that journey as well. So again, ladies and gentlemen, men of mindset, a quality beefy evening, quality thoughts shared. This is definitely a longer format show. We are well over an hour and a half, and I'm pumped about it. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. And just big round of applause, everyone out there, for Scott <laughs> and what he did here. Just we appreciate you, bro. Wait, just the steaks, though, right? That's pretty much what it did. I mean, that, that was Steaks that. were just <laughs> the bomb. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, according to Wes, who had to leave to get back to his family, I believe we're going to have to commit to another one of these. So stay tuned, and remember, you two can live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. Live the Fuel.